ready for the word, go with us to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Pastor Jeff, I would like to say that I'm thankful that I'm not planning a funeral today. that's here today. We're just thankful for you. We love you. Amen. Love everybody here. Praise God. Amen. Truly want you to know that we mean that this morning. We love and appreciate you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's not forget to pray for Israel, to keep yes. praying for Israel. Amen. I failed to mention that earlier, but let's keep our, uh, our hearts on heaven. Amen. Our minds, praise the Lord, on, uh, on the Lord. Praise God. And our eyes, on the sky. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because things are happening. Amen. And moving quickly. First Kings 19. Really familiar. But uh, praise the Lord. That's just how our God is. Amen. We're going to go there today. Able to stand. We appreciate it. First Kings 19. We're going to read the first four verses. Everybody got verse one. Say amen. Amen. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. With all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose, and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Hallelujah. We're going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord a good shout of praise for his word. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give him a shout that he's deserving. What you see is what you get. Amen. What you see is what you get. When you look at your neighbor and tell them what you see is what you get. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We understand through the scriptures, amen, that Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Amen. Elijah, the anointing that was upon Elijah. Amen. The calling upon Elijah's life and that anointing that was upon him was uh, even left behind after Elijah left the earth. That anointing was left behind. Amen. To continue a work that's even woven into the plans of the last days. 
even right where we are living right now, amen, the spirit, the anointing, amen, that was upon Elijah, amen, has been woven into the plans of what we're experiencing right now, hallelujah, amen, and so we know that Elijah was appointed by God, amen, and clearly he was chosen, right, amen, we, we, we don't have to uh, I'll try to give you any details this morning, amen, that is a clear, uh, amen, evident fact that he was chosen by God, amen, and he was appointed by God as well, uh, amen, and he obviously had a life, amen, of worship and consecration to God. We don't see a lot about Elijah, amen, but uh, he just kind of shows up on the scene two chapters prior to 1 Kings 19 in uh, chapter 17, he just kind of shows up, amen, when he prophesies about the drought, amen, praise God, that uh, was at a crucial time in the history of Judah and Israel. How many understands this morning that we are living in a crucial time, hallelujah, in the history of the world, amen, we can bring it where we are, we are in a crucial time in the history of the United States of America in this country that we are so blessed to live in. Amen. Those were very dark days when Elijah showed up on the scene. Amen. It was a time of great apostasy. Amen. It was a time that King Ahab was king over Judah. Amen. And it was a time of great, amen, apostasy. And King Ahab's government had officially supported the worship of Baal and other pagan gods. Amen. Does that sound like anything that you have seen recently? Amen. In this great United States of America, our government has officially, amen, embraced, hallelujah, the worship of other gods. Amen. Our government, amen, embraces, hallelujah, the worship of false idols. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? It embraces the worship of sin. Amen. It embraces the worship, hallelujah, of self and of the flesh. And so if you don't know it, we are living in dark times. Hallelujah. The things that were just past this week, amen, in our election uh, ought to give us a clear picture of, of where we are, hallelujah, in this world, uh, amen, but even more so where we are in this state uh, that we live in in this country, uh, hallelujah, so we are in dark times, uh, hallelujah, amen, and just as uh, King Ahab had brought, uh, amen, his government had supported and endorsed, uh, Amen. Baal worship and amen. Idol worship. It brought them into apostasy. Hallelujah. But just amen. Out of nowhere comes. We see a man by the name of Elijah who appears on the scene. He kind of just shows up in chapter 17. Amen. In one of the darkest times, amen, in their history. And now we understand that names are significant in the Hebrew language. Amen. And we know that Elijah's name in the Hebrew, amen, means Yahweh is my God. 
Hallelujah. What I like about that is that it isn't just that Yahweh is God. Because there's a lot of people who acknowledge that he is God. Hallelujah. But in a time of apostasy, in a time of darkness, hallelujah, comes one who says, amen, not only is he God, but he's my God. See, there's a difference in saying that he's God and then saying that he is your God. And I'm not ashamed this morning to unequivocally declare that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of this universe, Yahweh is his name. Hallelujah. He is my God. And as for me and my house, we will serve my God. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? He's not just a God among other gods. He is the true and living God. And he's mine this morning. Hallelujah. That's why I get beside myself. That's why I get excited when I think about who he is. In his majesty, his holiness, his worthiness. But yet, hallelujah, he saw fit a man to send his only begotten son the word of God made flesh hallelujah to give his life so that I could be a man considered his son as well and he doesn't love me any better now than he did before he saved me hallelujah and I'm thankful today that he is my God if he's your God why don't you give him praise like that's true when it looked as if the worship of the true God might be completely eliminated there in the northern kingdom. It looked as if a man, any worship of the true and living God would completely be eliminated. Hallelujah. It seemed like the whole land of Brother Shane was apostate. It seemed like the whole land, amen, had walked away, amen, from the worship and the knowledge of Yahweh, the true and living God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, in this time of darkness and in this time of great apostasy, as Elijah shows up, we know that he prophesied again that there would be a drought because of the separation and the sin and the apostasy. There would be a drought, but God spoke to Elijah and told him to go to Cherith, amen, and to dwell by a brook there, amen, and there at that brook, Amen. Elijah drank of the water from the brook and God sent ravens to feed Elijah and he stayed there until the brook dried up. Why did the brook dry up? Because, amen, there was a famine in the land. That meant no rain. Hallelujah. And so we see that Elijah goes from the brook at Cherith and God leads him into a place in Zarephath. And there, hallelujah, God speaks and he tells Elijah, I have prepared for you a widow. Hallelujah, a widow there in Zarephath. And when Elijah, amen, we know the story. Amen, that when Elijah got to Zarephath, 
he found this little woman gathering sticks. For you see, her plight, hallelujah, was that all she had left was enough flour and enough oil to make her and her son a bread cake. Hallelujah. And then they, she had planned on them dying. Hallelujah. But little did she know that the same God, hallelujah, that was the God of Elijah, had sent her ahead of Elijah and prepared. She thought she was going to die. Hallelujah. Listen to me. You may seem and it may seem like that you are at the very edge of the impossible. It may look like that there is no turning or no reversing of the circumstances that are in your life. Some of you, amen, are still so connected to your past. Hallelujah. That it looks like there's no turning. And it looks like that you're at the point that you just resolved to you know what the outcome is going to be. But I come this morning to tell somebody right here at this very moment, at this point in this message, that you may think that you have it figured out and you know what the end is going to be. But I come right now to tell you that God has went before you and you think that it can't be reversed. But he will reverse what the enemy meant for evil. He will take it and reverse it. There ain't no spirit out of hell that is able to stop the hand of God. It looked like Esther. Hallelujah wasn't going to make a difference. Hallelujah. But one person. Amen. Made a difference. For such a time as this. So I come to tell somebody. God's already ahead of you. I feel that for somebody. In my spirit this morning. Hallelujah. But she got to. And then Elijah got to her. And he said. If you will prepare for me first. If you'll make a man a bread, a loaf, a cake of bread, and give me first, God will sustain you. A man, love story short, you know how it goes. A miracle took place. Hallelujah. She obeyed the Lord. See, that's the catch. You've got to be obedient. So you're sitting here today and the Lord's dealing with you. He's dealing with some hearts in this house this morning. I felt it since the very beginning. Hallelujah. You think you're here, amen, just by your choice. Or you're here because somebody invited you. But I'm telling you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has went before you and has ordained your steps here. Hallelujah. So the Lord, amen, is dealing with you today. And I want you to get ready. Hallelujah. See, you have to yield. You have to say yes. You have to be obedient. Amen. So that the favor of God can reciprocate according to his covenant. So she was obedient. Amen. And she made it for Elijah. And God, amen, sustained her barrel. God sustained the oil. Hallelujah. Amen. Gave her a miracle. But then we know, stay with me, I'm telling you all this and reminding you for a reason. Hallelujah. But then we know, amen, that after that miracle, 
this widow, hallelujah, see now, she had already planned for her and her son to die. That was her plan, praise God. Hallelujah. But he said, if you will obey the Lord and feed me, he will sustain you. So now she made up her mind, Sister Lori, a mind that her and her son were going to live. But the Bible tells us that her son fell sick and he died. Hallelujah. And of course, she called on the prophet Elijah. See, that's what you got to understand when God gives you a word, when God gives you a promise. Hallelujah. No matter what it looks like, you can take him back to his word because he's a God of his word. Hallelujah. And we know a man skipping details that Elijah came and raised her son back, a man to life. Hallelujah. So he resurrected him back to life. Hallelujah. And now, praise God, three years had passed. And the Bible says that Elijah is now a man going to have an encounter with King Ahab. Remember, King Ahab is a man, the husband of Jezebel, who was the queen, who was leading the people, a man, a man, the country in apostasy. He had supported a man, and I will say it like this, legalized sin. He had legalized, hallelujah, a man, Baal worship, hallelujah. So now Elijah, a man is getting ready to have an encounter. And the Bible says, hallelujah, that in the meantime, Jezebel had killed the prophets of God. Amen. So the prophets of God had been killed by Queen Jezebel. Why? Because they refused to worship the God of Ahab and Jezebel. Are you with me? They refused to bow, amen, unto the worship of Baal. And so now, amen, Elijah's coming. And the Bible says that Ahab says, there's that troubler of Israel. There's that one that calls in trouble in Israel. I hope to the good Lord that when I get up in the morning, that hell looks at me and sees me start my day and says, there's that troubler of the kingdom of darkness. There's that one that causes a disrupt. Oh, somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. You can be the same this morning. I want to be a troubler of the kingdom of darkness. I want wherever I step to be an automatic disruption. Hallelujah. In the agenda of the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Because you know we're supposed to drive back hell. Amen. So every step we take ought to be pushing back the gates of hell. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're called to be troublers of hell. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I'm just laying a foundation. So Elijah called a contest on Mount Carmel. You know the story. Great, great detail. Great story. Hallelujah. He called a contest between a man, God's prophets, a man, or between Baal's prophets and between uh, God. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to bring all the prophets of Baal. Meet me on Mount Carmel. Hallelujah. And we're going to call down fire from heaven. And whoever God answers by fire, hallelujah, will be, will be declared that he is a man, the true and living God. A man. So he allowed Baal's prophets. Jezebel's prophets, a man, her puppets, her priests, 
to go first. See, that's when you know he had confidence in his God when he said, you go first. Hallelujah. He knew that there was no power in Baal. He knew. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But more than that, he knew the power of his God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Now, you know the story. Amen. They began to do their thing. Hallelujah. Try to call down fire from heaven. Nothing was happening. Hallelujah. Elijah said, what's the matter, fellas? Is Baal on vacation? Is Baal in the bathroom? What's got Baal busy? Is Baal on Facebook? Is Baal, uh, what, what's the matter? What's the matter? Why, 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 is, why are you not getting his attention? And the Bible said they start cutting themselves. That demonic spirit, a man begin to manifest in them. They begin to cut themselves. Hallelujah. They begin to get radical. And nothing happened. So it come time now for Elijah. And Elijah took the stones of the altar. And he rebuilt the altar. And he told him, he said, Amen. And he dug a ditch. He dug a trench around that altar. And he said, go get some wood. And go get the bull. He said, I want you to put the wood on the altar. Put the bull on the altar. Amen. Because that's going to be the sacrifice. Hallelujah. The wood's going to be, amen, the fuel for the fire. Amen. And the, the bull's going to be the sacrifice. Hallelujah. He said, but I want you to go get four. Four big old buckets. Amen. Four big old containers of water. He said, I want you to start at first. I want you to pour it on the bull. And I want you to pour it on the wood. Come on. I can see them. Hallelujah. Pouring that out. Thinking, looking at Elijah like, do we stop now? And he's like, keep pouring. Keep pouring. Hallelujah. That water's running over. Amen. That altar. And it's starting to run down into that ditch. Hallelujah. They get one big container poured out. Hallelujah. He said, go, go, go. Start pouring the other one. And they're probably looking at Elijah like, you lost your mind. You're supposed to be setting this on fire and you're pouring water on it. Don't you know that fire, amen, that water will put out fire? Hallelujah. But amen, Elijah said, keep pouring. And they poured all four of those containers until the ditch, amen, the altar, the wood, and the bull were sopping wet. Amen. And the water was dripping off of it. And there was water running in the ditch. Now Elijah prayed. Hallelujah. He called on his God. He didn't call on anybody else's God. See, that's the difference when you know he's your God. Hallelujah. I used to pray. Oh, come on, somebody. I used to count on my mom's prayers before I got myself in a right relationship with God. So I was calling on her God. But when I got myself right with him and I realized that he is mine and I'm his, begin to call on my God. Ask somebody, help me in this place. You don't have to call on the God of, of the denomination. You don't have to call on the God of somebody else's religion. You don't have to call on the God of somebody else's sanctification. You don't need to call on the God of somebody else's amen experience. Hallelujah. Call on your God. Somebody needs to know you've been dependent on somebody else's experience. 
even cause you to walk away from God. But when you get a hold of the truth that he's your God, oh, somebody help me. Fire came. And it consumed the sacrifice and the wood. And I like what the King James says, and it licked up the water. So instead of the water putting out the fire, the fire consumed the water. That's how much faith that Elijah had. He wanted to show them, hallelujah, this is going to be the impossible. And only my God, a man can do such things as these. And the Bible says, come on, you know what happened. Hallelujah, God answered by fire. Amen. And the people right then and there declared that he is God. They declared that the God of Elijah was the God. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. There was a revival right there on Mount Carmel. There can be a revival in your house. There can be a revival on your job. There can be a revival in your marriage. There can be a revival in your finances. There can be a revival in your doctor's report. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? I'm not talking about a halfway. God, I'm talking about a God who's an all-consuming fire. Hallelujah. John said, I baptize you with water, but indeed there's one that comes who when he baptizes you will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Are there any flames in this house today? Come on, somebody. They declared and Baal's prophets, Jezebel's prophets were put to death. And now the rain. It's time for the rain to come. Are you with me? Oh, hallelujah. I'm cutting a lot of details. You can read it, but I'm, 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 I'm doing all this to set a foundation because I need you to understand something about Elijah. He's a lot like you and me. Oh, I'm not like Elijah. He's so much more anointed. See, that's your problem. You don't understand the anointing that rests on your life just because you are a covenant child of God. Two people agree with that. Amen. The rest of you will get it tomorrow, hopefully, maybe before you leave today. I don't know. Hallelujah. Praise God. But amen. You've got to understand who you are. That even when you fall down, that anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit will strengthen you to rise up from out of the ashes. No matter how long you've been down there. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. And then the Bible says, amen. Amen. That he went to Jezreel after the rain came. Hallelujah. And man, and of course Ahab goes back to the palace and he tells Jezebel what Elijah had done. Hallelujah. Now, Elijah has went to Jezreel and the Bible says, amen, that Jezebel sent a demon. 
It's that simple. She sent a messenger who was carrying the message from hell. And we're just going to say a demon. So a demon came to Elijah and said, I got a message for you from Jezebel. Jezebel says this. That may terrible things happen to me if, if, if within 24 hours you yourself are not dead. For I will kill you. Just like you killed my prophets. May it be done to me that worse that if in 24 hours that you are not dead like them. For I will kill you. I will take your life like you did theirs. Now why? Why did she want to take Elijah's life? I'll tell you why, at least what I think why, which, amen, is just my thoughts, hallelujah, but I think that she wanted to take his life because he exposed the lie of their worship. Yes, yes. It wasn't so much that he killed her prophets because where there's one demon, there's 50. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But it was because that he had exposed the lie of Baal worship, all of that teaching and all of that pagan, amen, all that they had instructed that Baal was the God of this and the God of that. And if you pray to him and offer sacrifice, go ahead and offer your children. Go ahead and offer up, amen, and sacrifice everything because it will bring blessing upon you. Hallelujah. Elijah exposed that it was a lie. He exposed the lie of Baal worship. But on the flip side, he also revealed the glory of his God. He also revealed the glory of Yahweh. So not only did he show that the devil is a liar, but he revealed that the glory of God, hallelujah, is for those who put their trust and their faith in him. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. You want to know why all hell is assailing you in this last hour? Hallelujah. Because your obedience, your faith, your persistence, your determination, your amen, perseverance, your testimony, your witness is proven that the devil is a liar, but it's also revealing the character of the God that we come into this house today to worship. That's why the devil wants to take you out. That's why the devil wants your marriage. That's why he wants your family. That's why he wants your promise. That's why he wants you to, amen, plan a funeral instead of celebrating. Hallelujah, breakthrough. That's why. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me today? Hallelujah. That's why Jezebel wanted, amen, Elijah dead. Here's what I want to look at. Verse 3 says, when he saw that, when he saw that, 
He fled. He not only ran, but he ran for his life. Let's look at that word saw in Hebrew. It means to gaze. It means to consider. It means to discern. So if I could put that in Hebrew in terms, I just came back from West Virginia so I can really say that this time. I say that there and they don't flinch. <laughs> it's the truth. I say no offense, but let me put that in Hebrew in terms. And I'm like... But I still say it. Hallelujah. But if I can put that in Hebrew terms, is Elijah had a vision of what Jezebel spoke. There was nothing that came to him except words. But he saw what she spoke. I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. And that's why some of you remain in your place of defeat and in your place of victory because you continually see what the enemy is speaking into your mind. Come on, somebody. Instead of what? Come on. He saw it. He discerned. And he ran for his life because within a matter of moments, hallelujah, when she said, I'm going to kill you. Hallelujah. He envisioned his death. He envisioned a man. However, you know how the imagination goes when the enemy speaks something to you. You entertain that for more than 30 seconds. You've done played out five, six scenarios of what it would be like if this, if that, but this, but that. Come on, somebody. When the doctor said, hallelujah, that Jeannie's that, that surgery was going to be a risk that she would die either way. Hallelujah. What the enemy wants is for you, amen, to start planning that funeral in your mind that it's already happened. Hallelujah. Amen. Elijah saw what Jezebel spoke. And because he had a vision of the demon's words, he ran for his life. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you need a new vision because all you're seeing is what the enemy is speaking in your mind. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? And I come to remind you the devil is still a liar. He's still the father of all lies. And everything he speaks, there's a motive and there's an agenda. And he requires something of you. And that's for you to see it. And if you see it, what you see is what you get. That's exactly what you get. If he's constantly telling you, you're never going to make the mark. You're never going to arrive at righteousness. You're never going to arrive at the level of holiness that you're never going to be able, amen, to meet the satisfaction of other people. Guess what? That's what you're going to get. You're never going to receive, amen, the gift, the real gift of freedom through salvation in Jesus Christ. You're always going to be trying to please people. You're always going to be trying to make somebody else happy. You're always going to be trying to live up to somebody else's standards. If you put your faith in a denomination and a religion, you're going to find yourself trying to live up to those standards and you're never going to arrive. 
because that is not the vision that God come on somebody remember the new converts that had just witnessed the glory of God remember them I done told you and you shouted amen there was a revival broke out on Mount Carmel right and when I, when I say that the people declare that he is Lord, I'm talking about the Jews. It is the Jews. Amen. Elijah's people who had fell, fell to apostasy, who was worshiping, amen, following Baal or following Ahab and Jezebel. When they saw the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, amen, send down that fire, they said, yep, he's God. He's God. It wasn't a revival among the, amen, Jezebel's demons. It was a revival among the church. It was a revival among the apple of God's eye. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? So remember all those new converts. Now, here's the kind of thing about this. I preached on you see all these notes and dates and everything in this chapter. And when God takes me, you know, I'll tell you that. Oh, Jesus, here again. <laughs> I, I think Matt just preached recently and somebody else uh, at least talked about it. Matt Elijah and hey, my, my, the story. No, what else did I? I don't care. <laughs> I can't care. Because when I care, I see what the devil wants me to see. Come on, somebody. But I got to thinking, you know what? If Jezebel really wanted him dead, she would have not sent a messenger to him and gave him time to run. If she wanted him dead right away, she wasn't nobody's fool. She'd been doing that. Come on. And she was under the influence of, of, of demonic stronghold. She would have caught him off guard. She would have, 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 have went and, and, and captured him, amen, and without warning and snatched him up and sliced his throat. Right, right, yeah. Come on. But I got to thinking, maybe, just maybe, she wanted him and his God to be discredited before all of those new converts. Because she wanted to replace her prophets. With those new converts that now declare we're no longer gonna we're no longer gonna worship. My mom used to say growing up, and I never understood it till I got old enough to study the scripture. But she said, "I ain't bowing Baal to nobody," and I always thought Baal, B-A-I-L. But that's what she talked about. That's another one of the hillbilly things. I ain't bowing to Baal. And so they're now in a place where they're no longer bound to Baal. That means that Jezebel's influence, amen, and Ahab's influence, uh, amen, praise God. See, see, uh, they thought Ahab was running the show, but we all know who was behind the scenes. Yeah. It was Jezebel, but Ahab was the one that was responsible for it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. She wanted to replace those prophets she lost, and, and just maybe she thought if she could discredit Amen. The God of Elijah and discredit who he was. Come on, somebody. Because he did exactly what the devil wanted him to do. He ran. He ran for his life. Amen. He wasn't running. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. For the sake of his life, he was running because he was afraid he was going to lose his life. 
Come on, somebody, do you hear me? And he had already made up his mind. So in just a matter of moments, hallelujah, Elijah had a vision of being killed and murdered by Jezebel. Hallelujah. And now, amen, she could say, where's he at now? Where's the evangelist? It's time for revival. Amen. You had revival on Mount Carmel, and it's time for revival. Where's the preacher? I'll tell you where he's at. He's hiding. He's running because I'm going to kill him. Come on, somebody. And they're going to say, well, where's his God at now? Where's his faith at now? Come on, somebody. Do you hear that? That's why you've got to be careful with what you see because you will react and you will act on what you see. Hallelujah. And when the enemy, he can't read your mind. He's not omniscient. Amen. He is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He can't read your mind, but he can sure read your face and he can read your actions. And so when he sends a demon and speaks a lie to you, hallelujah, if it's all over your face, he's like, ah, I'm getting to him. But then if he sees you reacting to the very thing that he said, he's like, all right, now I got him. Where's your God at? Now, come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. He don't like it. Amen. When he speaks, amen, a lie. And you stand firm. And you lift your hands and praise God anyhow. And out of your mouth doesn't come death, but it comes alive. Though God slay me, yet will I. I may be covered from head to toe with boils, but he is still my Redeemer. And I know that my Redeemer lives. So he fled a day's journey, the Bible says, into the wilderness beyond Beersheba. So my praise is mine. I do, honestly. But he went a day's journey. Mm -hmm. And you know the story. We read it to you in the first four verses. <coughs> that he sat under a juniper tree. That's a Spanish spoon tree. And it's called such because of the crazy spindly branches. And the lack of vegetation. There was no shade mm -hmm. under that tree. Mm -hmm. Now he was in the wilderness, in the hot sun, out in the desert. And of all trees. Come on. Of all trees. He sits under and leans against one with no shade. You know why he done that? Because it already made his mind up that what Jezebel spoke was going to come to pass. So he didn't care about the comfort and the coolness. He had resolved that what the devil said is what's going to happen. Who am I talking to this morning? Who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to over here? Amen. That, that, that you've seen what the enemy has spoken and what you see is what you're getting. Who is it over here? Come on. Hallelujah. Up here. 
back there. Those that are in the foyer. Those that are piddling. <laughs> Those that are checking their, 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 their X and their Instagram and their, all of their TikTok and while, while time is TikToking away. Literally. Who is it? Who is it that's seeing what the enemy has spoken? Because that word juniper means to yoke up or to bind in the Hebrew. So the reason that that Elijah sat under that tree is because he was yoked up with death. He was bound to the words that Jezebel had spoken. Because it wasn't about getting shade. It wasn't about getting comfort. And the Bible says that he prayed to die. When he sat down and he yoked up with that, with, with, with her words and that vision that he prayed to die. That means depression had resulted from what he saw. Depression resulted from what he saw. And so he yoked himself to depression. When you allow yourself to have a vision of what the enemy speaks rather than what God has already spoken and written in his word, you are yoking yourself to depression. Well, let me tell you something. Depression is a manifestation of a demon. But just because you experience depression doesn't mean you're demonized. <laughs> depression is an emotion. Depression is a real thing. So let, let's get that clear. Yeah. Elijah didn't have a demon. Right, right, right. Elijah was depressed because he had a vision yes. of what hell said was going to happen right. to him. Right. Because of his obedience. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because he stood firm on the truth that his God was the only true and living God. And you will yoke up with all kinds of people and all kinds of things and all kinds of books and all kinds of steps to get out, but there'll be no shade in it. Because you cannot bind yourself to depression and walk in the freedom that comes with the blood of Jesus Christ. It won't happen. It won't happen. I didn't say you can't walk, amen, you can't be saved, amen, and deal with that depression. But I'm telling you, you cannot walk in the freedom. You will be running for your life always because you will be constantly seeing what the enemy is speaking. And he said, it is enough. He said, it's enough now. Now, now. now he's talking to God. But no, let's, 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 let's put a time out right there. Let's be real. You that have worked in ministry, you that understand ministry, let's be real. The work is stressful. It's trying. It can be difficult. Come on. It can be exhausting. And you can be to the place that it feels like you are accomplishing nothing. Yeah, right, yeah. 
So don't be don't be faulting Elijah and acting like because oh. I've been where he's at. I've been where he was at. I have found myself attached to the juniper tree. Yes, that's good. Preaching, teaching, praying, fasting, praising. Come on, somebody. Uh, yes. Come on. Yes. So, so it, 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 it's, it, 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 here's the thing. I, I got to thinking, man, you know, the work, the work that was accomplished on Mount Carmel, it didn't result in, in revival and, and a return to the Lord. Amen. I thought, you know what? Amen. Very sad under the tree. Let's think about it. Let's get real for just a minute. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe he thought that it would cause Ahab and Jezebel to turn to God. Now, come on, somebody, because we know who uh, who declared that he was Lord. I done told you it was uh, the Jews. It was God's uh, people. Amen. His covenant people. And so maybe he thought uh, when word got back to Ahab and Jezebel that just maybe revival would happen and they would declare, amen, that the whole nation, come on, somebody, hallelujah, but he saw, amen, what Jezebel said. And he knew when Jezebel's messenger came to tell him, I'm going to kill you, he knew that revival was not going to happen on a national level, at least right now, because now, in his mind's eye, he's the only one left who's even worshiping God. Come on, somebody. Don't you act like you ain't never felt like you're in this thing all by yourself. Don't act like you ain't never come in here on a Sunday morning and there's been a hundred other people here, but you felt like ain't nobody dealing with what I'm dealing with. Ain't nobody understands my battle. Ain't nobody's going through what I'm going through. This just ain't worth it. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But I got news for you. I've been a man chained to the juniper tree plenty of times in my walk with God. Hallelujah. I, too, have had moments of having a vision of what the enemy said. And it's caused me to run. Amen. It's caused me to walk. Hallelujah. The opposite direction. But I've come to tell you, when God shows up for his people, hallelujah, he brings breakthrough. He brings amen victory. Elijah forgot that people reject God despite the evidence, not because of it. You'll get that tomorrow. Because there's plenty of people. I can name them. I can go to them. I can find them that have sat in these pews and they have witnessed the glory of Yahweh. They have witnessed unequivocally the goodness of God. But where are they today? They're not sitting in another church somewhere worshiping God. They're sitting, amen, in their own ways, doing their own thing. They may not realize it, but they had a vision of what devil, the devil has said. And now they're chained to the juniper tree and they can't even see themselves back in a pew, let alone trust in God. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Amen. And Elijah forgot. Amen. That despite the evidence of the goodness of God, people are still going to walk away. People are still going to give up. But it doesn't 
what the devil has said to you and run for your life. And he said, he made a statement that I don't think, I don't think we, we, we pay much attention to, but I noticed that in this time, and I'm trying to finish, that's one. <laughs> I feel, I feel a, I feel at least a triple play on this. I'm, I'm trying to finish. That's the first one. Still, still, on, still on. But I said, I Come on, I said, got a treat. Yeah, she's trying to play that. He said, I'm no better than my fathers. Because his fathers had rejected And so, you know what that said to me? For the first time I saw it, he said, I'm not even worthy. Let me die. Because I'm no better than my fathers because I have failed. Come on. Now look at all that Elijah had done. He prophesied there'd be a drought. There was a drought. He went, raised the dead, raised that little woman's son from the dead. Prayed fire down from heaven. But said, I'm not worthy. I'm no different than my father's. Because I'm telling you, he thought there would be a greater revival come from what happened on Mount Carmel. I believe that today more than ever before. Never looked at it like that before. But I believe that he was expecting greater results. Can I get an amen? How many times have you ever expected God to do something different or expected it in a greater magnitude? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But you were disappointed. And he said, I'm, no, I, I'm not even worthy to live. So don't let me live because I'm no better than my father's. I'm so unworthy. And there's somebody, at least one person in here today, who walks every day in that sense of unworthiness. That you feel like you're never good enough. That you'll never be enough for what God has for your life. And that could be because of trauma. Drama, pain, soul wounds, your past, abuse, all kinds of things. Words, word curses, generational curses, all kinds of things could, could be factors in that. But you know what? Jesus died and defeated all, every one of those things. Every one Jesus made a way of escape. But he felt he was unworthy. But God said, Elijah, I'm not finished with you yet. I dare you to touch your neighbor and say, God ain't done with you yet. If you even got to reach across, come on, I feel that. Reach across and touch somebody and say, God ain't done with you yet. God's not done with you yet. My Lord, I feel that. I feel that. God's not done with you yet. So what did he do? Amen. He let Elijah sit there under that tree. Come on, somebody. But he sent an angel to Elijah with food and drink. Amen. And he gave Elijah. Hallelujah. Now, how many knows that if you're going to die, there's no sense to eat? Hallelujah. God was saying, I got something for you, Elijah. Amen. So that means you ain't going to die. I don't want you to die. Come on, somebody. And because you're here today, I don't care if you're backslidden. 
if you're lost, if you're lukewarm, if you're in a battle, but because you're here today, God has given you some food and telling you, you ain't going to die. This thing ain't over. I'm not done with you yet. God help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not done with you yet. And if that wasn't enough, he sent the angel a second time. And he said, you need some more. Because you've got, you got a journey you've got to take. Amen. And you're going to draw from strength. You need strength. Amen. Praise God. Understand this. Within a day's time, a day's journey, within a day's time, Elijah had entered into such a state of depression that he was ready to die. It was only a day from the time, come on, he went to Jezreel, the rain was coming, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He went there, hallelujah, with faith, believing for revival, until, amen, he heard what Jezebel said, and then everything changed. So from the time he left Jezreel, till he got to the wilderness, a day's journey within a day's time, he had already entered into such a state of depression. Why? Because he kept seeing. The whole time he was going and running, he kept seeing what Jezebel said. So don't take long. And it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God, doesn't matter how anointed you are, let's look at Elijah. But within a day's time, he was chained to depression and ready to die. But God, God sent him on a 200-mile, 40-day journey to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. Same mountain. Sent him on 200 miles. That's why God said, you got to eat, because I'm going to send you. And if you'll take what the Lord is saying to you today, he's going to strengthen you to walk this thing out. He's going to strengthen you to get to the place where he's going to begin to show you how he's not done with you yet. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yes. No, 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 no. No, here's the thing. God did demand an immediate recovery. Come on. You know, because once you get saved... You don't, you don't get saved and get a good dose of sanctification and then this and then never desire to sin anymore. Come on, it don't work that way. Salvation is a process and so is sanctification. Hallelujah. Salvation, it ain't about, it ain't about what clothes you wear. It ain't about the length of your hair. It ain't about the jewelry that's on your finger. It ain't about, come on. It ain't about the chrome that's on your car. It ain't about whether or not you own the television or not. It's about whether or not you believe in the work of Jesus Christ and that it is sufficient for you. It was enough for you. Now, he had 40 days to recover and recoup. Right? It took him a day to get into that depression, but God gave him 40 days to get himself That journey really should have only taken about 10 days, but that number 40 represents testing. So God was, God was testing Elijah, and, and, and so Elijah, Elijah goes 40 days, and he gets to Mount Horeb, and he comes to a cave, and he spent the night. 
Now, he, he hadn't completely got his right thinking back. Because God said, God said to him there at that cave, he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I just said, what happened? <laughs> I've faithfully served you. <laughs> and everybody's left the covenant. They've broken down the altars and they've killed your prophets. And I'm the only one. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> We've all been there from the pulpit to the very back. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill them too. Thank God for grace and mercy. He's a long-suffering God. Because I'm going to kick him off the, off the cliff. Come on. So he still has not resolved. Come on. He might, have, he, might, he, might have, he might have decided that maybe Jezebel wasn't going to kill him, but he wanted God to. Right. He thought, right, this is, there's no use. And so God said, go out and stand on the mountain. And we know that the Lord passed him. And a wind blew and it tore the mountain and broke the rock into pieces. And Elijah thought, that's him. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. Then he came. And Elijah. See, here's, here's what I need you to understand. I'm trying to finish. Elijah needed a personal encounter. This is what's going to change what you saw. Elijah needed a personal encounter. There was nothing wrong with his theology. But there was something lacking in his experience. And there's a lot of people sitting in church houses today. And there's nothing wrong with their theology. They're just missing the experience. They're missing the experience. Because God brought his presence before Elijah, but first to show him where he wasn't. Okay. See, we're so used to him being in a certain place, moving in a certain way, responding with certain circumstances. Are you with me? Yeah. We're used to that same old response. Because then there came an earthquake. And Elijah thought, that's him. But God wasn't in it. Come on. Then, now get this, there comes fire. I've seen that before. That's surely God. But God wasn't in it. 
Come on. You and your Pentecostal experience that has lasted you for 20 years. Well, God don't move like that. God don't do things like that. I've never seen God move like that. So you're telling me you've been everywhere God is? You've been there every time he's moved? So you know how he moves? That's what we're saying. When we say, well, God just don't move like that. I've never seen God move like that. That's because all you've ever seen is the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. But God's saying, I'm not in that anymore. Because that's not enough. I want to show you where I'm not first. And then I'm going to show you where I am. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You'll get that later. Praise God. Amen. Because it's not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit. See, we often see God in certain ways and what you see is what you get. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. So now we're talking about seeing what God says. We often see, we've seen him in the wind, we've seen him in the earthquake, and surely we've seen him in the fire. Elijah said that's what brought revival, and he waited, and God was not in the fire. I hope you're getting this. But instead, God whispered, Elijah, a still quiet, subdued voice. Elijah. Elijah wrapped his mantle around his face because he never saw God like that before. God had never Encountered Elijah in a still small voice. That's the only thing that's going to change what you see that the enemy has spoken is for you to have a personal encounter with God like you've never had before. And that's what's coming in these last moments that we've got left. <coughs> what do we say? All through the summer, we felt like something was coming this fall, right? Well, you know, it's here. It's here. Amen. Praise God. We said, we said we felt like it was going to affect the whole world, that it was going to be, and it was going to cause great turmoil. Listen, I said it, amen, uh, uh, last Sunday, praise God, preaching about Rebecca and the war of the two wills in the womb, amen. Praise God, when you got the will of God in your womb and you go out in the world, man, it's like this. If that ain't enough, there's a pull. Resist me. There's a pull. There's a pull from the world spirit, from the spirit of Antichrist, from the spirit of compromise, from the spirit of apostasy. There's a pull that says, come away from that. Come away from that. And you see, there's a people who are, amen, dissatisfied. Amen, because they've seen God in the wind. They've seen him in the earthquake, and they've seen him in the fire, and he ain't there anymore. Come on, somebody. But they're saying, I'm not going to listen to what the devil is saying, but I'm going to believe for a personal encounter. I'm about to wrap it up. That's three. That's a triple header. Hallelujah. He wrapped his face 
in his mantle and God asked him what are you doing here and he replied again the same as before and God said Elijah I'm not done with you. I need you to go and anoint Haziel. Amen. He gave him something to do. He gave him that purpose back. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. He told Elijah that justice was going to be done. And he said, you are not in this thing by yourself. There are 7,000 other people who have not bowed to Baal and their mouth has not kissed him. Oh, come on, somebody. You ain't in this thing by yourself. You're not the only one fighting this war right now. You're not the only one feeling like that just the daily moments of life are too hard and difficult. You're not the only one who's finding it hard to get yourself up and get into the house of the Lord to pray, to read. You're not the only one that's feeling the effects of these last days. But ah, somebody help me. Hallelujah. God's got more. Hallelujah. For you to do. Because remember, remember, amen, John the Baptist, when he was in prison, hallelujah, after, amen, Jesus came and he baptized Jesus. I want him to come to the music. He was in prison. Hallelujah. And he sent word to Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, is this really you? Is this really you? He heard that Jesus was doing miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. you got to remember, he saw Jesus coming into the Jordan. He saw the voice of God. Hallelujah. Declared. Amen. But he was the son of God. He himself declared he was the lamb of God. He had a vision of Jesus. Hallelujah before, but he sent a word from prison to ask Jesus if this was him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now think of that. He baptized Jesus. Hallelujah. And he heard the Father say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He watched the dove descend on the shoulder of Jesus. But now he's in jail and he's hearing about the miracles. The very thing that he said Jesus had come to do greater than him. But now he's questioning, is this really you, Jesus? You know why? Because he saw, hallelujah, he had thoughts while he was in jail. He attached himself to that juniper tree thinking, what have I done? Everything that I've done is not in vain. I want to see those miracles. How come I'm not there to see them? Come on, somebody. He was hoping maybe that's not really Jesus. But the enemy had told him and had lied to him and he had a vision from the jail. Hallelujah of what the enemy spoke. So I'm telling you today, hallelujah, and amen, Jesus, they got word to Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He said, go back and tell him again. Go back and remind him that I am, that I am, that it is me. Remind him of all that he has declared. I promise you stand across this place to tell you what you see is what you get. And if you see what the enemy has spoken, that's what you're going to get. But when you see, hey man, God, in a way that you've never seen him before, it will destroy the vision from hell. And I've come
on your side. He is still